The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everyone? This is Jacob Infante, your least favorite Bears analyst. Welcome to Let's Talk Bears. I'm doing a Twitter Spaces here with you guys. And this is going to be published on the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel uh, sometime eventually. Don't know when that is. Uh, you guys know the deal by now, probably. Uh, you got any questions, feel free to shoot them my way while I go on my walk here because I hate myself. And I feel the need to walk in 100-degree weather because my physical state is not what it should be. So... Nothing about my life is the way it should be, uh, if we're being honest. Haven't been happy since 2018. Justin Fields, Stan, the first to request to speak. I'm going to bring you in. And again, for those who are just joining, for those who are new to this, uh, if you have any Bears questions, request to speak, and I'll bring you in. We have a few uh, requests as it is. I'll bring you guys both in. Uh, But right now, Justin Fields, Stan, what's up? What's good, yo? What's up? How you doing? How you doing? How's your walk, man? It's good. Uh, I just started. I was kind of like, you know, it's I, I got off work early, so I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk. So here I am. Are you, yeah. you losing that weight, getting in shape? Uh, not really losing weight, just trying to convert it to like less weird amorphous blob and get like some actual tone for once. But uh, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, no, of course. Appreciate it, man. All right, so my main question right now is, like, so for the offensive line, like, were you oh, were you at the camps today? Uh, unfortunately, I was not. Uh, I'm not going to oh. be able to make it down this year. Uh, just because I – like, Yeah. What you heard, like, are you confident in, like, right can be, like, a number one, like, right tackle in year one, like a good starting tackle? Or is it going to take some time? Yeah, so I, I do feel pretty confident he'll be solid right out of the gate. Obviously, I think as there are with just about every offensive tackle in their rookie year, there are going to be some, some ups and downs. There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. But from a physical perspective, I think Darnell Wright has the tools to hold his own against NFL defenders right away. I mean, you're looking at someone, the, uh, the report that he passed the wide receiver conditioning as an offensive lineman, I think that in itself is very impressive and – I think that some people kind of undersell how athletic he is. He, he wasn't the most athletic offensive tackle in the class by any means, but he's a, he's a damn good athlete. And he's, you know, trimmed down the body fat, converted his frame to something a little bit more sustainable at the NFL level. So if he can maintain that level of play strength that he had, then absolutely. I think he's more than capable of stepping in right away and, you know, at, at least being a solid starter, which is a, a big step in the right direction for what they had last year. Oh, yeah. And like one more question, like if you had to predict right now, what two positions are you going to select in the first round next year? So this, this is a tough one. I really don't know. Obviously there's what it's until like next April, but you have those two first round yeah. picks and the two positions that really stand out to me right now are edge and receiver. That's what I'm guessing right now, because 
Yeah, bro. Like, I feel like we're gonna take Agbuka or whatever his name is with yeah. the Panthers pick, because the Claypool, bro. This guy, all he cares, he cares more about his modeling than playing football, bro. Let's be real here. Yeah, no, I. Uh, if I'm being totally honest, I don't think Claypool's gonna get extended. I think. Me too, bro. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of Mooney or Claypool, and honestly, Mooney's been more. He's proven to have better chemistry with Justin, so I think that's yeah, probably the move. And then, yeah, bro, know, he went he went to France because like that's gonna be his job next year. Let's be real here. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I'll I'll say that I have some confidence that Claypool. I mean, he had a bad year last year. Let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, I feel like you give him a full year, a full off season to take in the offense. I think you'll expect an improvement, but at the same time, it's like. You gave up the 32nd overall pick for him. Uh, so th- in that sense, I don't think he's ever going to be worth what they gave up for him. But when you if, if he has even just a good year and it helps Justin Fields develop, then I'd, it'd be a much more palatable than, say, if he sucks or he gets hurt this year. And it's like, oh, yeah, and you gave away the first pick in the second round to get him. Yeah. That's like that's my only complaint about Pulse so far. It was like the the Claypool the Claypool trade and the Vela selection. Aside from that, bro, Pulse is a G. Yeah, no, I mean I, it's it, it's early, but I'm loving what he's done so far. So uh, definitely see. excited to see what's going to happen with the team this year. So yeah, appreciate you coming right. in, man. All right, have a good one, brother. You too. Alrighty. Uh, so now we're going to bring in uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Patel. Uh, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing. And then we're going to bring in uh, fake Jair Alexander. uh, So we'll do that. And again, if anyone just joining now, feel free to request any questions you might have. It was up. Yeah, it was Dylan. You got it right. Dylan, Um, Dylan, gotcha, gotcha. I was just going to ask, like, there's been reports all summer saying that we're going to sign the edge before training camp, and now it's started. We still haven't signed an edge. Do you think we still will, or, like, have we just given up on that? Yeah, so I I, I still believe that it's going to happen. I'll like, Yannick and Gakwe, and, like, who, who would be the other choices? Uh, So I'd say Justin Houston's probably one that, you know, okay. he's, play, he's played with Eber. Pretty old before. now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's getting older, okay. and... I think the case with the edge rushers who are still available in free agency, I mean, you're not going to fix the position long-term. And even if you bring in, yeah. like, two of those guys, like, if they somehow do, it's not going to be, like, a perfect unit by any means. So, uh, still, obviously, a lot of work to be done. Yeah, I'm sure, we'll, yeah. I'm sure we're going to, like, draft one next year for, our, like, the long-term plan. But I just don't want, like, us to be have a really good defense and then just having, like, no good edges like just ruin it you know yeah no definitely so i i i expect it to happen before the preseason starts them to bring someone in i'll admit i would have expected it to happen by now and the fact that it hasn't is a little confusing to me but uh when there's smoke there's fire and i feel like recently there's been some sort of smoke to make me think that they're at the very least they're in negotiations and they're in discussions with a handful of guys all right, thank you. Yeah, no, of course. Appreciate it, Dylan. All right, so next we're going to go. I'm regretting doing this, maybe. Uh, it's fake Jair Alexander. We're bringing you in. Um, how much better do you think Jordan Love is going to be than Boston Fields? Uh, oh, God. All right. Do you, do you really sound like that? Is, is that a condition or something? Yeah, I have um, 3 and 14 disease. All right. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I hope that your whatever cure they have, they fix it for you. But, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming out. I love you too. Thanks so much for coming in. Do good on the 2024 draft mock drafts and be good. I, I will. Be a good Thank boy. You. You, you have a, you have a good day now. Bye. Love you. You have a good boy. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was uh, very kind of you. Uh, all right. So we're going to bring in uh, Lorenzo 
We're going to bring you in. Uh, we got a couple of the requests we're going to go through. If you have any Bears questions, feel free to shoot them my way. Uh, but, uh, Lorenzo, you're in now. What's up? All right. So I just want to piggyback because I, I joined the space late. I, yeah. First, I want to say thank you for hosting the space for the Bears because yeah, no, God, knows, God knows we don't get any spaces or anything anywhere else. Yeah. But – I have I want to I have one question and I want to piggyback off of the uh, Chase Claypool, from what I heard it towards the end. Yeah, I per, I personally personally think that Chase will bounce back this year, and the reason that I say that is because of course we have DJ Moore, which is a solidified number one, but then when you also have Mooney in the slot and or Claypool in the slot, depending on how the Bears line them up. I think you you really can't – I expect Claypool to give us way better numbers than he did last year. Granted, he came in the middle of the season. Yeah. Because like I said, if you have a bona fide number one with DJ Moore and then you also have Mooney, who was Fields' number one, and they have the chemistry there, it's like you have to pick your poison at this point. You're going to line up. You're going to put two on DJ Moore which means you're going to give Mooney and Claypool one-on-one matchups. And I understand from Chase Claypool's track record, but if you're lining, you're lining a DB up one-on-one against a six-foot-four, 200-plus-pound man who runs a 4-4 four, four or a 4-5, yeah. I'll, I'll take that any day. So I think that Claypool is poised to have a, a not a superb year, but I think he's poised to have a year into which the Bears go into free age. The Bears go into the offseason next year, and they have a question in regards to, okay, do I extend Mooney or Claypool or find a way to a middle ground to where you can give them both deals that they feel that aren't long-term per se, but you give them two- or three-year deals so they can furthermore build that camaraderie with, uh, J- with Justin. So I personally think we're going to get – we're not going to get rookie year Claypool, but we're going to get somewhere in regards to maybe 800, 900 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. And for him and what we're asking for, I'll take that because we have enough weapons to where the ball needs to be distributed well. And then my question that I had was I haven't been seeing much about it on the internet, but I know that you're – you're a writer for the Bears, so I wanted to ask you, where are we in regards to, like, the cap situation? And then how does that fall for us for the defensive line? Like, in regards to our cap, who are names that we can we can sign if we wanted to, essentially, is my question. Yeah, no, of course. And uh, real quick, I, I just wanted to say uh, about Claypool, I'm, I'm with you. I think that you have a guy who's that big, who's that fast, uh, sure, he's coming off of a down year, but you give you put DJ Moore in the lineup, you get a healthy Darnell Mooney. If those two can stay healthy around him, that's going to take a lot of attention off of Claypool, a lot of pressure off of him. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to be a superstar by any means, but I do think that, you know, he's not the absolute garbage patch of a player that some people, you know, some Bears fans tend to make him out as. Uh, I agree. But, yeah, as for – as for the salary cap, I don't have the exact number in front of me. I know they have over $20 million left in cap space. They have some money to spend in order to get to, like, there's a, there's a cap floor where they have to spend, mm-hmm. I think it's a few more million dollars. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head exactly how many it is, but they still have a few moves to make. They can, uh, they can go through with – adding some more money to 2023 through the extensions. So say if they sign Jalen or Mooney or Claypool, uh, then they can, you know, convert some of that money and give it a 2023 cap hit, which they've done that with Cole Komet. So they're closer to that, uh, to that cap floor than they previously would be. So as far as free agents, though, I think the three guys that keep coming to mind is, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, He's someone who's been uh, talked about to death. And, you know, I just think that move makes way too much sense at this point. Uh, Justin Houston, someone, you know, I mentioned he had experience working with Eberflus in Indianapolis. Just coming off of a good year, he had like nine sacks. Uh, 
and then Jadevian Clowney. So I'm interested in seeing what Clowney's market's going to be because he's a good player, but he's, you know, it, it's just something similar to Ngakwe where he keeps bouncing around team by team by team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Ngakwe's sack production has been better consistently. So, but any of those three guys are still available. I think they'd be definite uh, improvements for the defensive line. Again, you're not going to fix the edge rusher position this year. You're going to have to make some moves over the offseason. But I think that it, it's still it's still possible to improve the pass rush. So those are a few guys I'd keep in mind. And I have one follow-up question. Yeah, for sure. So in regards to Ngakwe, I've, I've seen reports that stated he wants a long-term deal. Now, do you think the the Bears franchise would be interested in giving him that long term deal, or do you think as as it gets closer to the start of the season, he'll maybe change his mind and state that okay, maybe it doesn't have to be long term? Because essentially, if I'm not mistaken, Ngakwe also stated that he wanted to go to a contender, so to win a ring yeah. within the like maybe this year or next year. And not saying that the Bears aren't a contender. If we're, if I'm being honest as a fan, I think we're a couple of years away. Yeah. But do you think Ryan Poles pulls the trigger and gives him that deal that he's looking for, or does he, as you just shared, decided to decides to wait until maybe next off season or maybe the trade deadline or something like that and see what he can get from there? Yeah. So from Ngakwe's perspective, from like a pure market, I don't think he's going to get like a four year deal or anything at this point. Uh, I think he's lost that leverage, quite frankly. So with that, I don't think Bears would pay that with uh, that long of a contract. I'd expect I, I could see them stretching it to two years. I get, this is just me. This is just me speculating. I feel like that's probably the max you'd see from Ryan Poles especially with the signing this late in the process. So say you do like a two-year deal, which is heavily guaranteed, heavily, heavily year one uh, investment, I guess, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it. Uh, just front load the crap out of that contract, meet that cap floor. And if Ngakwe doesn't do well, then, you know, you can cut him in year two and you don't, waste a lot of money so that, that's something i'd do i'd consider giving it a two-year deal with heavy guarantees in year one uh but at the same time maybe you could argue that like yeah and gakwe you put him on a one-year deal he has a good year in chicago he's got another chance to uh cash in next year so i think he's gonna have to settle for a shorter deal uh, at least right out of the gate but uh maybe down the line it's something he'll be able to achieve okay Okay, that's that's literally all of the questions I had. I don't know if you have anyone else who's looking to to ha- to speak, but that's yeah. that's all the questions that I had. I gotcha. Also, well, I appreciate you coming in, man. Thank you. Of course, have a good one. Alrighty, we're gonna we got a few here. I'm gonna go Justin Fields Vegan Bowl. Uh, we're bringing you in. You've been in here before. Uh, I see there are a handful of other requests. I'll make sure to get to you. So, uh, please be patient with me. Uh, here we go. Justin Fields, Vegan Bowl. We're bringing you in. What's up? Hey, what's going on, Jake? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing just fine. A shout-out to Spaces. Shout-out to the Bears fans in here, man. Sir. Love seeing the community. Um, Just real quick, before I even ask a question, just want to say, fuck fake Jair Alexander. We don't like people who troll Jacob, bro. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. I would have slapped him for you, brother. Thank I you. Just, you had to let me in. You know what I'm of saying? Of course. I mean, what was that voice? What was that? What are we, 10? I, I don't I, even know. I, I don't know. It's, it's someone, yeah. Something's up with him. I don't, I don't want to speculate. Yeah. I don't want to say anything yeah. that'll cancel me, but. It, it quite literally is just so sad. Like, Packers fans, this is the most cope that I've seen them have in a long time. Yeah. It's great. It's great to see. Yeah. But um, dude needs to get laid. Uh, if we're being honest. Yeah, facts, facts. Maybe the voice will change. Yeah. <laughs> um. Either way, <laughs> either way. Um. So I've been seeing, you know, I've been in some other spaces, and they've been talking about Darnell Wright. Yeah. You know, we love to we love to see Darnell Wright news. Um. And a lot of people are on, you know, a couple. There's like a big community that's talking about the whole weight loss thing, and that's really cool yeah. because of the funny story. And then there's like this small, this small group of people because there's always going to be these haters or these people who are just doubting things. 
and they're seeing Darnell Wright kind of get blown up in training camp by Terrell Lewis. Now, in my mind, without pads, none of this matters. Yeah. You know, it, it truly is too early to tell. Now, I guess, can you can you give me some, you know, what your take is on that? Yeah, so I think at this stage, it's tough to really come to conclusions. I remember this time last year, there were reports that Tevin Jenkins was getting beat in practice, and there were a lot of concerns about him, and he stepped in, and he was arguably the Bears' best offensive lineman last year. So I wouldn't say that, you know, that's just one example, but I think that once things start to ramp up, I think that's when you're going to see more from an offensive line perspective because obviously they're usually much bigger the offensive tackles are than the edge rushers. So you get them in pads, you give them the chance to go full contact, then I think that's only going to benefit offensive tackles. So I'd hold off judgment, uh, at least for now. And, you know, I I personally have very high hopes for Wright, so I'm not necessarily too worried. Uh, It's good that Terrell Lewis had a good play, though. I think he was athletic coming out of Alabama. So this kind of a situation – uh, working off the of speed rushes, I think, is helpful for him. No. Yeah, absolutely on the same page. I definitely have high hopes. And, I, I mean, I just think it's just too early to tell to be worried about anything like that. Uh, I'm going to move on from Darnell Wright just for a second. Uh, g- you know, give me some insight on some Tyreek Stevenson. I feel like we're not talking about um, – Tyreek Stevenson enough. I don't know why. It just feels like I, I see Tyler Scott on like every podcast in America lately. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you hear about the big boys, but then Tyreek, you know, this he was a second rounder and we don't we don't give him the love he deserves, I feel like. Yeah, I think that with Tyreek, you're looking at someone who's you know, he's not a first round pick, so he's not gonna have that allure or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh he's a second round guy though, so he's someone I think is gonna start right away for the Bears defense, and he's, you know, had plenty of plenty of reps against the starters in practice. So, I mean, with that all said, I think with Stevenson, you're looking at a guy who's maybe not as high of a ceiling as, you know, say a Darnell Wright, or not as boom or bust as someone like a Dexter or Pickens, but someone with a high floor who I think is going to step in right away and be a solid starter. With Stevenson, you're looking at length, physicality, competitiveness and intelligence and I think he's, he's a good athlete too he's not he's not going to confuse you for like Tariq Woolen running like a 4-2 or something like that but he's a good athlete and I think what matters most with him is his competitive edge his physicality uh, and just how hard he processes and how hard he plays so maybe it's not because it's not like the sexiest skill set I don't know if he's going to be someone who's going to get a ton of interceptions at the next level. So he might be someone who kind of falls under the radar, but in the same vein as Jalen Johnson, I think he's going to be a rock solid starter. And maybe that's not the sexiest skill set that everyone wants to talk about, but it's a valuable player to have on your team for sure. No, absolutely. I think, I think we have like other players that we brought in to be kind of the flashier players. So he does his role. You know, I think everything else falls into place. No, 100%. I mean, I'm with you there. So, uh, but yeah, no, just wondering, you have any other questions? Uh, that's everything for me. I uh, hope you're getting your steps in. Um, and, uh, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Peace. Awesome. Appreciate you coming in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, so we got a few here. I'm going to bring in Justin Fields is daddy. 
You're going to be the next one to speak, followed by Julian Luciano. Uh, Justin Fields' daddy at Justin Fields Hot. You have you have the floor, and you have uh, a, a good username, I think. I don't know if I should be proud of that or if I should be scared, but uh, what's on your mind? Um, so let's say that the Panthers are the worst team in football. Yeah. And we get the number one pick. And Justin Fields throws for 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Do you think we should draft Caleb Williams? Ah, uh, man, that's tough. Uh, do you have what the Bears' record would be in this case? Um, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Okay. So, in that case, I mean, I'd have to consider Caleb Williams just because he's an incredible player, but... I also think that this would work in the Bears' advantage where if you have a five-win increase with Justin Fields as your quarterback and he takes the next step, uh, a lot of teams are going to want Caleb Williams, and I think you could get a crap ton of draft capital. Yeah. So for th- in that case, if the Bears do go 8-9, and nine, Fields you know, maybe a little heavy on the turnovers, but increasing passing production still does a really good job running the ball. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd trade down from number one and get just an absolute crap ton of picks. That's personally what I do. I, it, it's, not a, it's not a home run decision for me where I'd be like, oh, we absolutely trade out of it. Like, you consider it. You do your due diligence on Caleb Williams. But, uh, yeah, in that case, I'd stick with Justin and then trade back for the borderline generational haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's it. Gotcha. Well, good stuff, man. I appreciate you coming in. We're going to go uh, Julian next. We got a couple other requests. Uh, we're going to bring those in. And thanks to everyone who's joined so far. Thanks to everyone who's requested to speak. Uh, Julian, you're in now. What's up? What's up, Jacob? Um, I had a couple things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, not want, don't want to take too much time, but... I just came in a little bit late. Heard some other people touch on some points that I wanted to piggyback off of. The first one was Claypool. I think something that's underrated about Claypool is the fact that uh, we got a number one bona fide receiver that's going to command a double team now. And yeah. I don't think the Bears have had that since arguably Brandon Marshall, I would say. Yeah. And that just opens up the offense for so much other things. Obviously, we've seen Getsy be creative. I know last year was kind of a wash when you, in terms of them trying to win games. But we've seen creativeness as far as working option into the playbook, working more RPO stuff, you know, putting fields in the backfield as a running back, like just giving teams different looks. And I think having guys like DJ Moore, Mooney, Claypool, Velas Jones, even, you know, um, Scott, I think having guys like that, now we talk about more into the picture, that just opens everything up for everyone else. And I think that's something that's a little bit underappreciated, even though we did talk about it a lot early on in the offseason, but... Claypool, I mean, that dude is, was a thousand yard receiver in this league already. So adding that into the offense, I think, is a little bit underappreciated point. Um, I don't know how everyone else feels about Claypool. Obviously, injuries and TikTok stuff and all that types of things. But I mean, the dude's a fucking animal as far yeah. as like physically and being able to go up and get the ball. Like, that's a receiver we haven't had like that since, you know, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey type of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, with Claypool, I think you're seeing a guy who's, you know, he's produced at a high level before. Obviously, the immediate production isn't what you wanted. It's not what the Bears wanted. But I, I think that this trade was mostly for from a 2023 perspective. Like, you knew that coming in, he might not have been super productive coming into a new offense. But I think you have him now and, like you mentioned, all the other guys around him. Uh, Jesus, that FedEx truck is so loud. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I'm walking around, but I am – this guy's, like, following me. I feel like I'm pissed off at him. But, all right. Uh, yeah, no, I think, to your point, bringing in weapons is extremely important. It's from Claypool's perspective. You take a lot of pressure off. A lot of attention's diverted elsewhere. You get one-on-one situations against maybe, like, their third best cornerback. And when you have a guy who's got the, the size and the speed that he does, I mean, you can take advantage of that. So – I definitely think you bring up some good points there. Yeah, and I uh, another one thing I wanted to touch on, not even – I think 
honestly, I'm more excited for the offense than anything this yeah. season because of the weapons that we've added and just watching Fields grow in the offense. But I'm also really excited about this defense because I feel like personally, based off the games that I was able to see last year, I got to watch uh, the Bills game. I got to watch uh, the Eagles yeah. game. Um, so seeing a lot of those games, we didn't have some of our, what you consider guys in the positions this year, you know, Jalen Jones was starting at cornerback. I couldn't even name the D line who was starting in those games. Like it was horrible, but now we have guys like the big one for me, a big sleeper guy that we touched about just like five minutes ago was Terrell Mm -hmm. Lewis. Now that's, he was a, he was a high, highly recruited kid out of a high school to Alabama. He was a third round pick, but the dude's prototypical size. He's six five two sixty, yeah. with, you know, near 40 inch vert, you know, talk about explosive guy. You know, we've seen him make plays in training camp. And I think in a position where we are with not really solidified starters on the edge, I think that's a guy who could really like step in and make some plays and maybe surprise some people just because he hasn't really got the chance to play so far in his career. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, especially with where the Bears are at off the edge right now. There are definitely, you know, one or two roster spots that are up for grabs at that position. So, again, you know, Terrell Lewis, you know, it's training camp. So there's you, you got to figure out what happens once you put the pads on, once you get into an in-game situation. But for him to be making plays, it's definitely encouraging. And you mentioned his, uh, you know, his pedigree coming out of Bama, coming out of high school. Uh, he's an intriguing athlete. Uh, so... I'm interested in seeing what he can do for sure. And with what they have at edge rusher, it might not hurt to just give a shot and take a flyer on one of those just freak athlete guys. Yeah, no doubt. And especially, you know, like you said, the dude's 24 years old and he's played in the league for three yeah. years. So it's, it's not like the dude's like, a, you know, some old veteran guy and we're just bringing in a guy to teach the young guys. Like he is the young guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's younger than some of the guys we have currently that we've drafted in the past two years. Like, that dude, he's, he's young, athletic, and I think, you know, I think given the opportunity, he can make some plays, and that's exciting because we haven't had that since Khalil Mack. Yeah, and I think the crazy thing is he's still 30 years younger than Bayless Jones Jr. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming in, man. Yeah, thank you. All righty, so we're going to... We're going to roll here. We got a couple requests, a couple re- uh, repeats, but I know Marcus has been in here for a bit uh, waiting to get brought in. So I'm going to bring in Marcus and then get to some of our other requests here. So Marcus, what's up? Hey, what's up, Jacob? It's nice seeing you. Nice, nice getting to talk to you for the first time. I'm a new follower here. Absolutely. But so, yeah. So the Bears linebacker core, a very, very interesting thing. It, it seems to be really promising this year with Jack Sanborn, Tremaine Edmonds, and TJ Edwards. Where do you think that linebacker core stacks up with the rest of the league? So I think that it's, it's tough for me to say it's the best just because they haven't, they haven't been on the field together yet. So, but with that in mind, from an on-paper perspective, I'd put it top five. In all honesty, I think you're looking at San Francisco, realistically, having a better linebacker group just because Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw is an insane uh, combination right there. So uh, it's definitely an intriguing unit over there. But Chicago's I put in the top five because Tremaine Edmonds, he's someone who's he's been in the league for a while and he's still insanely young. And that's that's part of the good things about drafting someone, you know, who's freaking 19 back in 2018. So or however old he was. Uh, he's, you know, a freak athlete who's just continued to get better. And I think that the Bears would really – are going to eventually reap the benefits of, you know, Buffalo's patience in developing him. So that, T.J. Edwards coming off a good year in uh, Philadelphia, I think he fits that will roll really well. Uh, and then Sanborn shown some serious flashes as an undrafted rookie, more than anyone ever thought he would. That and Noah Sewell, too. I think he's someone to, uh, you know, not forgetting all this, because I don't think that – I think Sanborn's going to get more playing time than Sewell, but I, I could see Sewell stepping in as, you know, a Sam or a Mike or something like that and doing a solid job because, you know, let's not forget he was viewed heavily as like a potential first-round pick this time last year. And, you know, 
he, he took a step back, you know, gained a little weight, uh, not as explosive, but he timed extremely well uh, at the combine. And I think in a new system that's closer to what we saw from him, uh, his 2021 season in Oregon, when he was incredibly good, I think there could be a high ceiling there. So I don't have an exact number for you, but I'm going to say top five linebacker group in the league. Okay, yeah, I, I think I agree too. I mean, we know what the Bears defense, especially the linebacker position, has been able to do, like, especially like historically wise. When there's a good group of linebackers built up for the Bears, it's pretty terrorizing for opposing offenses. And I'm excited for a defensive minded head coach in Matt Eberflus to see what he could do with this current core. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, you know, today's NFL, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stretching the field. So to have the ability to, you know, defend the middle of the field is extremely important. Uh, so with that in mind, I think the linebacker group they have, I think you, you mentioned it well, Eberflus being a defensive minded head coach. I think that these additions were heavily influenced by him saying, all right, for this defense to work, we need better linebackers. And I think that's exactly what the bears got. So uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what that group can do this year for sure. Yeah, agreed. One more question, real quick. Yeah, for sure. So between the two cornerback, our two main cornerbacks, we have Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon, two guys that are super promising. Opening up the gates, who do you think's gonna be guarding that like wide receiver one for the first couple weeks, especially week one against the Packers and Christian Watson? So I think right now you're probably looking at Jalen Johnson as cornerback one. You're seeing Kyler Gordon definitely shown some intriguing flashes, especially down the stretch. Uh, that said, I still feel like there's, there's room for improvement in his game and it might be beneficial for him to maybe shadow the corner two, uh, the wide receiver two rather, instead of the wide receiver one. Uh, he's someone I also expect to play a good amount out of the slot. So I'd say Jalen Johnson's probably the closest thing the Bears have to a true cornerback one. I think, in all honesty, on a on like a Super Bowl contender, I think he's a cornerback two. But that's not a bad thing necessarily. He's a rock solid starter, and you know Gordon's got a lot of potential. Tyreek Stevenson, someone I think can contribute. So you know that and the depth you're bringing in Terrell Smith out of Minnesota, I think someone long term is worth developing. So. I'd say Jalen's their corner one right now. Uh, could that change? It's maybe. I, I could see Kyler Gordon, you know, taking over that role if he takes the lead because there's a lot of there's a lot of hype surrounding him. So, uh, but for right now, I'd say Jalen's that guy. Okay. Yeah. I, I I think I agree with that. I could. I'll head out. It was good hearing you. Yeah. No, I appreciate you coming in, Marcus. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. All right, that was Marcus. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we got a couple here. I'm going to bring in Eric Sharp. Then we're going to do Evan Kennedy. And the fake Jair Alexander's back. So we are going to uh, – uh, should we engage with that? Let's, let's see what is the uh, – show with the uh, what do you call it? Show with the emojis in the chat if you think we should bring in fake Jair Alexander again. But for now, uh, Eric, I'm bringing you in. What's up? Hey, what's up, Jacob? Hey, uh, just wanted to uh, add on to the uh, Terrell Lewis. Um, you know, I've watched as a, being a Bama fan, I've watched him over his entire career, even in high school. Um, and it was kind of interesting to hear polls the other day in his press conference talk about how, you know, he's already got, we got guys that we, expect to do good right so if you take if you take what he's saying right now i honestly don't see us signing an edge i don't i really don't um i think we have enough for what we have that we don't need to and i think people are going to be like well how can you say that we don't have anybody that's proven but if you actually know football and you watch football you know with terrell that he is somebody that has to be with his hand in the dirt the the rams had him standing up trying to be a linebacker that's not his game man this <laughs> is not yeah um so I, I i just wanted your opinion on that on if you think that somebody like terrell lewis could step in and actually be that guy 
So I will say that Terrell Lewis, obviously, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, you watch more uh, Bama Terrell Lewis than I did when in the pre-draft process. But I, I agree with you. I'd say he's at his best when his hand's in the dirt. And purely off of the Bears, sure, they don't have a proven edge rusher right now. Uh, but they do have some guys with potential. So with that in mind, guys like Lewis, guys like Dominique Robinson, I think are people that, you know, you can give a decent amount of playing time to because, let's face it, you're not going to get a superstar edge rusher at this point in the offseason unless you trade for someone, which I don't think Ryan Poles is willing to do right now. So whether you like it or not, uh, you're going to be playing those guys. So but I do think that Lewis is one of the guys that stands out on that roster as, all right, this guy's got some tools to work with. Uh can you know he can overcome like Travis Gibson and Demarcus Walker for playing time? Uh, I mean, only right. time will, only time will tell. But I think there's a shot that he at least makes the team at the very least. But yeah, I think I, I definitely think he makes the team for sure. Um, and I, you know, honestly, I love uh, that Paul sticks by his guns. He's going to stick to his philosophies. He's not going to overpay for you know for talent that's older. You know, I, as bad as I would love to have Justin Houston or Nick Gakwe or whatever, I mean, it's not worth spending money that we could have for spending on Jalen Johnson or some of these other guys that we got to resign. You know, we got to think about the money that we're going to have to save for these guys because they're all of their contracts are coming up. You know, either in a year or two years. Yeah, no, that's true, and I think that people, you know, myself included, sometimes. You know, we tend to look at future cap space and be like, oh, there's so much that the Bears can do. And there is a lot of flex. There is a lot. There is a ton of flexibility there. But realistically, you're going to try and bring back one of your guys or two of your guys. So that's going to cut down realistically what you can spend. So, yeah, I'm trying to think here. Between Jalen and Mooney. Which of those two would be the most likely to get extended next? I don't know. Mm, I would say probably Jalen yeah. because we've got receivers and chances are you're going to be able to find a receiver in the draft. You know, I mean, I don't know. We got Stevenson. Yeah. So you just, I mean, you really don't know. I mean, it's possible they could go either way. It depends on what they're going to ask for. Yeah. You know, if other teams are going to give them more money then we had to come to a conclusion of whether or not it's worth spending that extra money to keep them or draft somebody in their place. Yeah. yeah. Um, but either way, I think we're in a good position. I mean, we've got really, honestly, the only thing that I really worry about is getting our offensive line fixed and making sure we have a pass rush. If we can do that, then this team has got a really high ceiling. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean I'm with you 100%. I think that there's on paper – Especially the offensive line, I think, should be better than what it was last year. But uh, how could it yeah, not? <laughs> yeah, it's not a very high bar to reach. That's for sure. But for yeah, sure. Uh, any uh, any other questions you got for me? No, nah, that's all. That's all I was wanting, man. I appreciate you uh, creating the space for us, Jacob. And uh, bear, down, bear down. And hopefully, we have a great season. Let's this hope year. so. I appreciate you coming in, Eric. All righty. So I'm gonna do it. I'm going to bring in the fake Jair Alexander. And then uh, Joel is requested. I'll bring you in soon after. Uh, so brace yourselves, everyone. Fake Jair Alexander is coming in with his, his 3 and 14 disease. Uh, hi, fake Jair. How you doing? Um, so let's say Cody Whitehair wins MVP this season. Do you think that the candles of the clocks from the TVs will be excited with this discovery of the candle? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck you just said, dude. I'm sorry. Say that again. One more time. One more time for me. Oh, he, he left. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for that. Uh, clarification. I, do you guys know what that was about? I, I don't. Uh, all right. Well, on we go. We move. Joel, you're coming in. I'm bringing you in. Uh, anyone's got any requests? Feel free to let me know. I'm hearing 
the end of my walk probably. So, you know, last call here. But Joel, you're in. What's up? So, you know, I just, I just have a small question, right? So, uh, Dominique Robinson, Travis Gibson, they're all still young, right? But um, they're they're late later round picks, and so you know, for and you know for like fan bases, right? They're always evaluating their late round picks, thinking they can actually be something. But in reality, like as fans, we overrate these players who usually won't do very much. So I just I just don't believe that that these guys will actually be sufficient for the Bears to actually have a good pass rush this year. So I do think we need to sign an edge rusher. I just want to know your opinion on that. Yeah, no, honestly, I think that's fair. And I agree with you. I think some people tend to overrate some of those later round picks where it's like, oh, this guy's going to be our answer. We have, uh, we have Dominique Robinson or whatever. We don't need to you know, sign another edge rusher. But again, realistically, he's in a later round pick. He's someone who only had one sack last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, he struggled last year, you know, to be blunt with it. Uh, so, yes, I think it's, there's still a lot of upside there. I think he's someone who can, you know, get good playing time. He can certainly get some snaps. I think he's athletic enough. He's long enough to do that. But I think power is a bit of an issue. I think that, you know, defending against the run consistently is a bit of an issue. So, again, if you have a fifth-round pick and he develops into a solid rotational guy, that's a good pick. And I think that, you know, sometimes people come in with the expectation, oh, you get a fourth or fifth-round pick. If they're not a full-time bona fide starter, then it, you know it's kind of a mid-pick. But if you're picking around there, then that's pretty fair value. Uh, not all of them are going to be like Eddie Jackson in the fourth round. Not all of them are going to be, you know, maybe even Braxton Jones in the fifth round. I think that's a pick that's uh, not enough people are talking about from last year. But yeah, I, I agree with your point, though. I think that there's. Uh, with Robinson, maybe uh, not necessarily identify him as a future starter, just more someone that can eventually get playing time down the line. Yeah, and, like, uh, I understand if it's someone who's, like, fallen in the draft who you project as having a lot of talent. But, like, I mean, you can't tell me that you know, like, the Detroit Lions, their sixth-round picks, and you believe they're going to break out. Because, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just not realistic. Yeah, I mean, no, that's fair. And I think that's that's something that fan bases naturally do. They tend to inflate their own guys. Uh, Bears fans do it. Other fans of teams do it. I see it, you know, all the time. They're like, oh, check out this seventh-round rookie. This dude's going to be a stud. Look at this play he made in training camp. But and, and there's a possibility that those guys, you know, they do turn into studs. But I think especially today uh, – that kind of hype train is so easily to catch on to and it can just really add to kind of just, you know, lower results than what you're really expecting and more disappointment in the end. But yeah, no, I wonder if you got, you got any other uh, questions for me, Joel? No, nah, that's it, man. Bear down, Good brother. stuff. Bear down. Appreciate you coming in. All righty. We got Wayne coming in. Wayne Stewart. I'm going to bring you in. Uh, sir, last request. Uh, I could probably fit in like one or two more Elliot's in. All right. I think that'll do it. Wayne and Elliot, I'll finish up with you guys. So, Wayne, I'm bringing you in. Bio says biggest Bears fan. So, I'm going to bring in Wayne, then Elliot, then John Matthews. Shout out John Matthews. Uh, you're coming in later, and then that'll that'll wrap things up. So, Wayne, you're in. What's up? Wayne, are you there? I'm sorry, you hear me? My mic was on. Oh, no, you're good. I can hear you now, though. What's up? I was good. I was just saying, what's the likelihood that we, we trade for Daniel Hunter or Chase Young? Because I'm seeing all these these guys like Yannick, which is what seems like our number one. Yeah. But I would definitely prefer somebody younger. No, I mean, that's... I feel like that... Yeah, but I mean, I, I get it, though. Yeah, I get I get the uh I get the hype around um Terrell. He's really nice. Like I, I watched him in college and everything. Yeah. But I definitely consider trading instead of signing these older guys. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, so 
I'll try my best to put a percentage down on both the guys you mentioned. Uh, Hunter, I think I, – I do think it's more likely Hunter gets traded from the Vikings than it is Chase Young gets traded from the Commanders. But that said, I, I think it's going to be pretty tough for the Bears to convince the Vikings to, you know, trade their star pass rusher into the division. So, realistically, I think the Bears would have to give up the first and more for Hunter, which I don't think they're willing to do right now. So, I put that I'll put that around like two percent that that happens, which you know, not ideal. Obviously, Hunter's a great edge rusher; he'd be an insane addition. But just. Yeah, but just the uh, you know the semantics of it, I don't I don't think it would happen. Chase Young, I think, is a little more likely. I'd say it's still not super likely. I think it's more likely that he stays in Washington, at least for this year. But I'd give it fifteen percent for him. So it's more likely than Hunter, I believe, for the Bears. Uh, I think it'd be a, a cheaper deal, especially you know with Chase Young's injuries and the fact that he you know, the commanders aren't in the same division as the Bears. So I think that'll naturally make him a more appealing target for Chicago. But again, I think there are just so many factors like, you know, Washington's probably going to value him a lot more than other NFL teams do. Uh, They're going to be a little hesitant to move on from him with, you know, what he did his rookie year. And some teams might not be willing to give up a first or second for him because of the injuries. So I, I don't think either are super likely. In all honesty, I think it's probably going to be uh, it's probably going to be a free agent signing they bring in. But I'd say between yeah. the two, I think Chase Young's more likely than Daniel Hunter. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. I have one more question for you. Yeah, what's up? Um, I seen the battle between between uh, Terrell Smith and uh, Tyreek Stevenson, and I was looking at their their college tape based off the their last years. And I honestly think Terrell Smith's tape is a little bit better, especially because he can catch the ball more. I don't know if we can use him as a safety or or what's the deal, but I think he can definitely be a – he could definitely fight for the starting one cornerback – or starting two cornerback positions. Yeah, so I'm interested in seeing what happens with him because you know, for, uh, for full disclosure, I'm not at the camps. So everything that I know of what's going on from camp is coming through other people. But – it seems like Smith has taken reps at corner. He's taken reps at safety. Uh, they, they moved him around a bit just to see what his best fit's going to be. I was intrigued by that pick in late round five because you have someone who's big, who's athletic, who can play on the ball well. Uh, I, th- I think Stevenson's probably more pro-ready in terms of you know his ability to process route concepts, to read the quarterback's eyes. But I think Smith has you know a, a high athletic ceiling that shouldn't be ignored. So. I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see a lot of reports. I think he's getting beat a lot, of course, because he's like he's guarding the best receiver right now. But that's all he's really going to see in the regular season. People like DJ Moore are even better. You know what I mean? So I guess it's good that he's getting that work in now so we can have a – he'll probably be good by year two, like really good. Yeah. No, I think that's possible 100%. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm just curious. Do you got any other questions for me? Oh, no, appreciate it. No, good Thank stuff. You. Appreciate you coming in, Wayne. All right, appreciate it. That was Wayne Stewart. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, Elliot, I'm going to bring you in, and then John's going to be our last one. Thank you all for tuning in. For those of you who are just joining, you can re-listen to the whole thing here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network once that comes up. So, Elliot, I'm bringing you in here. What's up? Hey, what's up? You can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Am I coming in well? All right. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So I had a special teams related question. I've heard like some fans talking about how like Cairo Santos isn't like reliable anymore. Um, and I was wondering if you thought that was like a valid criticism that like he's not reliable and with like long range field goals and like, would you be mad if polls moved on from him or like, how do you feel about that? So I think when you're looking at Santos right now, yeah, he did take a bit of a step back last year. Uh, for, for what reason that might be, I'm not so sure. Because so much of, I mean, so much of every position, but especially kicker is from a mental perspective. Because his kicking mechanics really didn't look that much different. Uh, the, you know, he was playing in not 
great conditions with, you know, the soldier field wind and the cold and everything, but he did that every year he's been in Chicago and he's kicked better. So that leads me to think is probably just getting in his own head and overthinking a little bit through his delivery. Uh, normally I'd say I'm in no rush to move on from Santos. I do think that the undrafted kicker they brought in from Syracuse, Andre Schmidt, I think that if he can return to his like his freshman year status, where he was the uh, Lou Groza Award winner, it was freshman or sophomore, one of the two. But I think that he's got a cannon of a leg that can thrive well in Chicago, hypothetically. And he's someone that's at least worth keeping around on the practice squad for the upside that he brings. So I don't think the Bears will move on from Santos. I don't think they're necessarily in a rush to right now. But I think it's a little bit different in this case because they have an intriguing young kicker in Schmidt. And, you know, if you have him in the fold and you keep him around going forward, then, you know, that's a cheap young kicker for a while that you don't have to worry about. So I I still think Santos is going to be the guy. But to answer your question, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a 100% lock that Santos is going to be the guy. Okay, thank you. That was the only question I had. Yeah, no, of course. Appreciate you coming in. I love a good. Uh, All right, we'll see you. I love a good special teams question. Uh, that's a fun part of football that you know we don't talk about enough. People make careers out of that, so uh, it's good stuff. So, all right, John, I'm bringing you in. We got one last request from Noah. Also, I can I'll fit you in. Uh, but John, my man, how's it going? Uh, it's good. It's good. Um, where do you think the Bears will be playing football once their uh, next lease starts? I think – I still think it's going to be Arlington Heights, honestly. I think that – sure, you know, they've talked with Chicago. Kevin Warren's talked with the new mayor of Chicago. There's some sort of dialogue there. But I think you know, the, the, the damage has been done. And unless the city of Chicago can come up with a way to – allow the Bears, allow the McCaskies to actually own the land that their team's playing on and get like some serious renovations, then I think they're going to move elsewhere. I just think that it's not impossible they stay in Chicago. It's not even impossible they stay at Soldier Field. But just so much work has to go into it, I think even more so than if you just build an an all-new stadium from scratch. So. I think it's going to be Arlington Heights. I think part of what we're seeing right now is just negotiations and stuff like that. And, you know, Kevin Warren trying to posture to get the best deal possible. But at the end of the day, I still think it's going to be Arlington Heights. Exactly when that happens, I don't know. But I think by the end of the decade, by 2030, I'll say, I think the Bears will be playing in Arlington Heights. I appreciate the insight. Bear down. Good stuff. See you guys later. See ya. Bear down. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Appreciate John coming in. I've known him since forever. I went to grade school together, so that's my guy right there. Uh, Noah, you're the last one that I'm bringing in here. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, So, Noah, I'm bringing you in here. I should be able to speak now. What's on your mind? I don't have really any edge rushers on their team right now. So, I'm I'd say, yeah, but to only a certain extent, because I think if you're going to build a Super Bowl contender in today's NFL, you're going to need some sort of pass rush. You're going to need someone who can get after the quarterback, who can pressure, you know, and disrupt the passing game. They don't have any you know, proven high-end players there right now. But I think that, you're, you know, you're looking at last year's Bears team. It was the worst team in the league. They had the worst record in the league. And I think that even the fact that we're talking about the Bears as a potential playoff team says a lot to uh, the work that Ryan Poles did this offseason. Just having to bring in so much talent and upgrade at so many positions, naturally you're not going to be able to uh, address every single one of those needs. So I I just think Edge was a casualty this year. I think if Edge is a weakness next year, then that's going to be a big red flag. But as for this year, I think it's just a matter of the Bears didn't really have a lot to uh, – they didn't have enough money to literally fill every single hole they had. It was just too many holes to fill, which too many holes to fill is something that I can relate to personally, unfortunately. Uh, it's a struggle. 
but that was a terrible joke. I don't see any laughing emojis in the Twitter spaces. So I hate all of you for not even entertaining that, but yeah. Yeah. No, if that answers your question. Uh, I think it, I think it did. So yeah, Noah's out right now. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming in. We got, we've gotten two more requests. I think I'm going to be kind here. I know Evan requested earlier to come in, so I'm going to let him in and Tony, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I, I'm a man of the people. So I'll, uh, I'll extend it a bit. Evan, you're in. How are you doing? Hey Jacob, how's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. How about you? Pretty well, pretty well. I've got a few questions for you. I guess it's kind of one question combined together. But, you know, a thing I notice in Bears Twitter pretty often is what we look like on paper this year compared to last year. Yeah. Um, and a lot of a lot of what you see is optimism or best case scenario for all the groups that we have on offense and defense and everyone's excited. That's great. Like there's a lot to be excited about as a Bears fan right now. For me specifically, I think it's Justin Fields. But I'm curious to hear where you think on paper where we're going to overperform the most, what position group will overperform the most, and then what position group will underperform the most. I don't think that's talked about enough. Yeah. For me, I think the offensive of line is what I'm worried about the most. I know that's kind of not been talked about much from what I've seen, but I'm a little bit worried about it just because everyone's either new or switching around their position, whatever that might be, whatever it might look like. Curious to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, honestly, I think that's a valid concern with the Bears' offensive line, what they have right now. Uh, just because, like, like you mentioned, so many people are, you know, they're new to the team or they're moving around. Uh, Braxton Jones being the only returning starter who's in the exact same spot as he was last year. Uh, so with that, I do think it's pretty difficult uh, to say for a guaranteed fact, oh, these guys are going to be really, really good. Uh also, just making sure – and is my audio coming in okay? Because my like my audio bar has been the exact same and it's not moving at all. Yeah, I, I hear you pretty well. Okay, sweet. All right. Yeah, and I just wanted to make sure. But, yeah, so you consider that. Yeah, and thank you for uh, the people thumbs up in the chat. I get a little worried because I don't want you guys to be sitting here in silence. But, yeah, so I think what if Braxton Jones doesn't take that next step at left tackle? What if – Tevin Jenkins moving from right guard to left guard is going to uh, make it tougher for him. What if he doesn't make the switch super easily? What if Darnell Wright has some ups and downs? What if Cody Whitehair uh, regresses even further and the move to center doesn't even really matter? Uh, I think there is certainly you know, plenty of reasons to be concerned, plenty of room for optimism with the offensive line as well. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, there's a lot of question marks on that unit. I don't feel super confident to say, all right, these guys are going to be fantastic on the offensive line as a unit. But at the same time, I, it's a more talented group on paper than what they had last year, which isn't saying a whole lot. I can, I feel confident saying that, especially because Larry Borm and Mustafer both had me blocked on Twitter. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, not worried that they're going to find this and take offense to it, but yeah, no, I think that there, there's room to be there's room to be concerned for the offensive line, but at the same time, I think that any little improvement uh, is going to make a big difference for this offense. Is there is there a case where we go into the draft in 2024 and we're looking to draft at least one offensive lineman, even though we've got glaring issues in our front seven? I mean, I guess our linebackers are really good, but. Um, I, something that I worry about is that we ultimately have to use picks next year on the offensive line. I, I mean, I get drafting a center like the kid from Georgia, but it you know something I worry about is oh we have to go with Joe Alt as opposed to Emeka Egbuka or as opposed to one of the big edge rushers because one of our guys like I'm concerned about Braxton Jones. What, what's what's what if he's average? Does Ryan Poles have to? invest more capital in the offensive line or is that a a free agency kind of thing at this point because to me the way the team is currently structured I think those picks have to go to the big time positions like edge rusher and wide receiver and I would hate to have to resort to go to another position yeah so I think that 
you know, say if Braxton Jones has the exact same year that he had last year, which, mm-hmm. I mean, for a fifth-round FCS rookie, I think was a, a really good year, all things considered. But mm-hmm. now the expectation gets a lot higher. The standard, the bar gets set a lot higher. If he does, if he, you know, stays the same, then you might consider drafting another offensive tackle, uh, which I don't know necessarily if that's super realistic. I do think that Braxton's going to take a, somewhat of a next step. Maybe if he, even if he's not like an elite offensive tackle, just a solid starter, I think his potential is possible. But I, I think that there is a strong chance that a draft pick's used on the offensive line. But, you know, like you mentioned, at center, I think center's probably going to be one where, say, in round two, round three, uh, you're looking at a Cedric Van Pran from Georgia, uh, Bryce Foster, Texas A&M, Zach Frazier, West Virginia, you know, someone like that. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of time before the draft, so a lot of stuff can change. But at center, I think it'd be a lot more palatable to use a day two pick and then have those two first round picks where, like you said, you can use it at wide receiver. You can use it at a rusher and, you know, really kind of invest in some of those uh, like massive positions that, you know, you want to build around going forward. Agree, Jacob. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no, of course. Appreciate you coming in. Bear down. Thanks, man. Yeah, bear down. Good stuff. Well, that's going to do it here for this edition of Let's Talk Bears. I want to thank everyone for coming in. Thank you to everyone who's listened and requested to speak. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it, it always holds me accountable to, to exercise and to actually go outside, get off my lazy ass, and do something. Uh, so I appreciate you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure to stay tuned. Turn, keep tweet notifications on or turn them on if you don't already to stay updated for the latest tweets and whenever I go live. So appreciate you all for coming in. Bear down.